Welcome to the Andrea Ingstrom Show. I'm passionate about helping you break through to your next level of abundance, success, and freedom so that you can create the life you desire and inspire others to do the same. I'm your host, Andrea Ingstrom, and on today's show, we're going to talk about the upper limit problem. So I've been digging deeper over the past few months on this concept of the upper limit problem that Gay Hendricks describes in his book, The Big Leap. So this is a book that is absolutely changing my life. Um, I want to give a shout out to my wealth advisor, Mary Lyons. She's also known as the wealth woman. She, um, after our first meeting together, said, Andrea, you've got to read this book. What you're describing is, is literally spelled out in this book because I was kind of boohooing to her about some of the thoughts I was having about my situation and what I was dealing with. And, and so she said, get this book, The Big Leap. So I picked it up and I started reading it and I was like, holy cow, this is life-changing. This is game-changing stuff. So I want to share with you something that was a huge, huge aha for moment for me in this book. And, um, and it, the concept behind the big leap is that we all have what is called an upper limit. And this is basically where when you start to achieve a certain level of success or things start to go well for you, that it is actually uncomfortable because you've spent so much of your life in chaos or dysfunction or trauma or, you know, things just not going well or in scarcity financially. Like we've just been broke and in crummy relationships for so long that it's like, it's like it's created some deep grooves in our brain where that becomes our normal, that becomes our comfort zone. So even when we say that we want success. We say that we want to create wealth and love and abundance and happiness and all of these things. When we start to achieve those things, something in our brain goes, wait a second, that's actually uncomfortable. And, and what can I do to get myself back to feeling comfortable? And it's really interesting because um, in a conversation one time that I had with Dan Martell, who was the author of the book, um, how to buy back your time, buy back your time is his book. He, he and I t had a conversation about this, this idea that like nine out of 10 entrepreneurs, um, have, have some kind of trauma or chaos in their life that they come from. So they're actually more comfortable in chaos. And so when things start to go well, uh, he calls it throwing hand grenades. Like we will try to blow it up in order to get back to our comfort zone, which is chaos. And when we say that out loud, it's crazy. Like it doesn't pass the out loud test. Well, why, why would we want chaos? Why would we want things to, to be a little crazy or not going well? Um, but it's actually because that's our comfort zone. That's what we're used to. And so when things start to go awesome or we start to make more money or our business is starting to take off or our relationship is going really well, it's kind of like when I lose five pounds, I will go and eat a piece of cake because like something in me is like, wait a second, wait a second. Um, I've earned a piece of cake. And then for the rest of the day, I feel crummy. Like I feel like a lack of energy or like, I'm just going to be useless for the rest of the day because I ate this piece of cake and it was to celebrate that I was doing really well in, in my, in my health and fitness, right? Like it's, it's crazy how we do these things. Well, there's a, there's a lot of really specific symptoms, um, that Gay Hendricks kind of spells out in his book. And I want to talk to you about some of these things, because when I say these things out loud, we're like, oh yeah, right. I probably don't do that. 
Um, but if you ever experience uh, self-sabotage or hesitation to take action, um, you may be dealing with an upper limit problem when things are starting, like you're starting to get a little bit of traction and you're doing the thing and you signed up for the program and you're starting to implement you might find yourself hitting an upper limit problem. And so I want to spell this out for you the way that um, the way that he does in this book, The Big Leap. So a couple of things to look for. These are some of the most common upper limit behaviors. So this is like signs that you are starting to move into your zone of genius is what he calls it. Um, like you're starting to do things that are next level you type stuff and stepping into that next level of identity. And for a lot of us, that is an uncomfortable thing because it's outside our comfort zone. So here's some of those specific ways. So number one is worry. Ooh, worry. So if you find yourself worrying about things, especially things that are not actually a possibility that they could happen, um, it's kind of like disaster thinking. Um, what, what's the truth is that worrying or fear, um, one of my, one of my dad's favorite acronyms for fear is false expectations appearing real. It's like, we're afraid of something that is likely to never happen. And, um, when we're worrying, it's often connected to that. It's like, is there, is, is it's something that's out of our control. And so we're, we're thinking about it over and over. It's like, we're obsessing about something that we can't actually control. And so one of the things that he suggests is to, to know if a, a good way to know if a worry thought is something that you should pay attention to, just ask yourself, is it a real possibility? And is there any action I can take right now to make a positive difference? And in a lot of cases with what we're worrying about, the answer is no, like, like there's nothing that you can do. Like if you wake up at three in the morning and there's nothing that you can actually do to make a positive difference on that thing that you are worrying about, it may be that you're actually coming up against your upper limit. So we're starting to take action. We're starting to get momentum and we're kind of seized with this worry or this fear. And it's like, wow, I can't actually change anything about the thing that I'm worried about then that might be an upper limit issue that you're facing. And I thought that was super, super smart. Um, and so he gives some specific strategies, like what can you do if you are in the middle of it? Like you're, you are um, having those worrisome thoughts. What can you do to, in, to shift your thinking in that moment? And so he describes this tool that he's developed and it's, it's a sequence of moves that will reliably get you out of the worry trap. I love this. So I'm going to share it with you. Number one, I notice myself worrying about something. Number two, I let go of the worry thoughts, shifting my focus away from them. Number three, I wonder what positive new thing is trying to come into being? So he's, he, we get curious around it. Like if I'm worrying, if I'm having like a kind of irrational worry um, that's, that's popping into my head, shift your thought away from it, um, from that worry, and instead start to think about, hmm, what positive new thing is trying to come to, into being? And then number four, he says, I usually get a body feeling, not a thought or idea, but a, a body feeling of where that positive new thing is trying to come through. And I think that's really interesting to pay attention to your physiology in that moment. Number five, I open my focus to feel that body feeling deeply. 
Number six, I let myself feel it deeply for as long as I possibly can. And number seven, he said, later, I often get an idea of the positive thing that was trying to come through. And so I think that's a super smart way to shift away from worry is to ask, okay, what positive new thing is trying to surface here? And then just allow yourself to feel and just to be, be present with your own body for a little while as you're asking yourself that question. Um, and just to feel for a little bit, because sometimes I think when we are in a state of worry or we're like, we're just like kicking thoughts around and our mind is racing, um, to instead, it's, instead of chasing down those thoughts to just get present with the feelings in your body to like calm your spirit. And I call, I call it having open hands energy when we just have this energy of, you know what, God, that if, if, especially if you're a person of faith to be able to say, God, I know that that spirit of worry is not from you. That is not from you. And so I'm going to have open hands energy around whatever it is that you have for me. I want, I want to receive whatever it is that is for me. And God, if I'm worried about something that you just need to take away from me, like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, cooking on some kind of a project and, and, and I, I really hope that it works out, but I'm really worried about it in some way. I just say, hold that, hold those things with open hands. If you're working on a deal, hold that deal with open hands and, and just pray that if it is for you, that it, that it's going to all work out. And that if it's not for you, have gratitude if it is taken from you say, wow, if it is not for me, protect me from it. Let it be, let it go away if it is not for me. Okay. So that's the energy that I like to have, especially when it comes to worry, but that's the, the open hands energy is like a physiologic, like a physio physical way that to represent um, just being open to the possibility that something new and great and better is coming along um, or that there's something that you need to let go of. Okay. Um, the second one that I, tend to, um, that I can totally, totally relate to is blame and criticism. So another, this is another common upper limit behavior is that I will fall into. This is kind of my default. And I, I, I am not proud of this of myself. Um, and he actually says in his book, and I'm going to hold it up for those of you watching me on YouTube. This is what the book looks like. The big leap by Gay Hendricks. And he actually says that criticism and blame are addictions. Whoa. So he said they're costly addictions because they're the number one destroyer of intimacy and close relationships. So he said that when people give the reasons for breaking up with someone, the most common one goes something like this. I got tired of the constant criticism and blame. So with that in mind, it becomes doubly important to regard criticism and blame as addictions and something that you need to overcome. And so if you want to find out if your upper limit behavior is an addiction, here's a quick experiment. Try to stop it for a day and see what happens. If it's not an addiction, you'll be able to stop it right away. But if it is an addiction, it will creep back into your behavior unconsciously, just like smokers who quit, find a cigarette back in their hands without even realizing it. Whoa, this is crazy. And so what this shows up for in me is it's like, if, and maybe you can relate to this. If you've ever had, you know, a pretty good, like things are going well, I had a really good week. And then on Saturday morning, I wake up and I like pick a fight and I start picking on things that, that, um, that, that I feel like my spouse hasn't done perfectly. Um, or like he hasn't done this yet. And so I'm being critical or, or blaming for some, you know, and it could be a really small thing that happens and I will blow it up into something ridiculous. 
and and it's like and I and I will I will um, sometimes catch myself doing it. I'm like, why are you being that way? Like, why am I doing that? And what I'm realizing is that more often than not, this isn't like I am hit coming up against an upper limit issue where I am so uncomfortable with things going well for too long that I'm like, Oh, let's blow it up. Let's throw a hand grenade and blow up the the good stuff that's happening um, in favor of like this chronic criticism and blame behavior that I struggle with. So I don't know if anybody that's listening can relate to that, but it's crazy. It's crazy how I will blow things up in my relationship when other areas of my life are going really well. And so now that you've heard it, you can't unhear it and you're going to be watching for it too. So I am on the lookout for this behavior in myself because I know that it's something that I struggle with. Um, another, another one that, um, he mentions that's really, really specific is deflecting. So when, when something goes well and someone pays you a compliment, do you receive it or do you deflect it? So, um, are you brushing off compliments? And I, this is also a default of mine. Um, I, because it's like, sometimes I feel a little embarrassed and I'm growing and I'm learning in this area to just say, thank you and receive it well. But a lot of us are actually uncomfortable, um, shining in that light. And for some of us, it's because of, you know, past baggage from our, our parents or our upbringing or, you know, being afraid to shine too brightly because we think it will make other people look dim. Um, or not making other people feel small. Um, but I, it kind of goes back to that quote that I love that we are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that it is that it is in, in us. And it is not just in some of us, it is in all of us. And when we let our own light shine, it empowers and enables other people to shine as well. It encourages other people to shine brighter. And so when you shine, when, when something good is happening and other people are recognizing it, we, you know, if your, if your default is to deflect that and try to push that recognition away, instead of just receiving it as a compliment and as, as a thank you, you may be coming up against that upper limit where you're like so uncomfortable, um, shining in that moment or for things to go well, that you try to brush it off. Like it, like it's no big deal. I think one of the things that, um, that is a learned behavior for me as well that I'm starting to recognize is that I don't stop and celebrate enough. And sometimes when someone compliments you, um, like if you did a really, like if you hosted a workshop or you made a presentation and you did a great job and somebody says, Hey, great job. That was amazing. And, and your default is to like, go, well, it didn't go as, you know, it didn't go that well. Um, I wish this had gone differently, blah, blah, blah. Um, instead of just receiving it or celebrating in that moment, when you've accomplished something that that's, that's what it shows up for, for me is like, I don't stop and celebrate because I have some, some things ingrained in me from, um, from an early, early age that, that we don't stop, we don't stop and celebrate. We just are on to the next. So when I hit a goal in my business or in my life, when the scale says the number that I'm excited about, I will, I will typically, instead of stopping to like really enjoy that or to share it with someone, I will just set a new goal and keep moving. Um, and it's almost like 
it's almost like a punishment for achieving the goal is that you push the goal out farther. And so we got to take time to celebrate. We've got to take time to accept compliments um, and enjoy the next level that we're, that we're stepping into. So stop deflecting compliments. And if you find yourself doing that, just recognize that that might be one of your behaviors that is you coming up against your upper limit. We're like, wow, it's actually uncomfortable for me to sit in success and to be really happy about it and have abundance and joy and love and all of the things. And that's something that we need to work on. Um, another thing that he's really specific about um, is kind of kind of goes back to this criticism and blame one, which is squabbling. So um, when things are going well, you can crimp the flow of positive energy quickly by starting a conflict. And so this is this is also me. Um, obviously, arguments are caused by two people, but um, but if if you find yourself um, vying for the victim position in your arguments with your spouse, like you always do this and you never do this, and and well, I did this, and um, and you know, and it's like we're we're basically like racing to be the one who has had something wrong done to them. Like we want to be in the victim position so that, so that it proves that the other person is the one. Um, and so if you find yourself squabbling or, um, you know, it kind of points back to that criticism and blame, but it's just like picking a fight, you know, like it's just picking a fight with somebody when you are, when you should be at a time when, when everything is actually really good. And so if you find yourself doing that, I want, I want you to be aware of it and stop, stop, Crit, like stop the criticism and blame, stop the, the vying for the victim position and recognize that um, and ask yourself, oh, okay, am I, is this actually an upper limit problem? And I am going into a new, a new territory here of, of, you know, happy, like what could be joy and abundance and love and it's uncomfortable for me. And so I need to, I need to relax into that and be willing for my life to go better more of the time and be willing for my relationships to be going well and to, and to get more comfortable with that because that's part of your next level of success is for your relationships to be going well. Another specific symptom of upper limit behaviors, things that to watch out for is if you find yourself getting sick or getting hurt um, when things are going well, because some of us have this as a pattern, we will start to have some success happen. Something will go well. We start to, if you, if, uh, this is totally me too. If I, I start to work out, I start to get healthy and then I will in, I will get injured. I will hurt myself so that I can't work out anymore. I can't, I can't hit the pavement anymore the way that I was in my first few days. And sometimes that's me like overdoing it, um, in exercise or something like that. Um, and, and obviously not all illnesses or accidents are upper limit symptoms. Um, you know, you, sometimes you just get sick because you're around somebody who's sick, right? There's things that happen and there's, there's big diagnoses and things like that. But we also know that so much of our physio physiology is connected to what's going on in our mind as well. And so we've got to be, we've got to pay attention to, you know, am I getting sick at, at key times when things are going really well? Like look for that as a pattern in yourself. Am I getting injured 
like after a bunch of things go well or, or, or something is happening in my life that's taking me into that next level of joy and abundance and love, and then I get sick or then I get injured. Okay. Look for that in yourself. And you know, there's some things that we can do in all, all of these behaviors, in all of these situations, there's things that we can do. And so I want to talk about what are some specific things we can do to remedy this upper limit problem, um, these behaviors, how can we overcome some of these behaviors? And so he recommends some daily action steps. And I want to share those with you today. So these are specific actions that will keep you on track and on the fast track to living in your zone of genius. And remember, your zone of genius is above your zone of excellence, which is above your zone of competence, which is above your zone of incompetence. Most of you have spent the majority of your career in your zone of competence and your zone of excellence. When I ran an advertising agency and I had 30 team members and we had over a hundred clients doing multiple millions of dollars in business um, and, and things were going really well, that was in my zone of excellence, but I knew that it was not my true zone of genius, which is my next level because I knew that I wanted to have a greater impact on the world. And I knew that I had some very specific skill sets that could be used to be able to change people's lives. And even though I was making great impact and having lots of fun running my agency, there was something in me that was so dissatisfied during that time. And it seems crazy to say that out loud. And I know that I was hitting my upper limit problem because I was having success in that area. But I also know that I was not operating from my true zone of genius. And it caused a great stirring and discontent in me. And, and I had all kinds of symptoms coming out. I had symptoms coming out my ears of not being like resisting my zone of genius um, in favor of staying in my zone of excellence. And so the goal is that we are all striving to spend more and more time in what is our true zone of genius and, and really living in your purpose, the thing that fills you with energy, that lights you up. The Japanese call it your ikigai, which is your, um, your, your purpose for living, um, which is where all of the, all of the things intersect around, you know, what you love to do, what you do best, or what you're really good at, what you can be paid for and what the world needs most. Like when you are truly living in that top level purpose for your life, that's really what we're looking for in terms of your zone of genius and the thing that's really unique to you, the, the unique uh, thing that you can bring to the world. And so here's what he recommends as action steps to get you on track to living in your zone of genius. Make a commitment to keeping an attitude of wonder and play while learning about your upper limit behaviors. So have an attitude of curiosity and joy as you're discovering your upper limit behavior. So like if I spot myself picking a fight, I'm like, oh, what am I bumping up against? If I wake up and I'm worried about something, oh my goodness, what is it that, that I should be paying attention to that is a positive opportunity that is, if it is coming to fruition, that's what I should be focused on right now because I recognize that my worry is not based in reality. It's nothing I can control. And so I'm going to shift that mindset. And so say this sentence in your mind as often as you like, it expresses the attitude that we want to embody. I commit to discovering my upper limit behaviors and to having a good time while I'm learning about them. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. So this attitude of wonder and play of curiosity and joy. So I'm going to say that one more time so you can write it down. I commit to discovering my upper limit behaviors and to having a good time while I'm learning about them. And so one of the things that I, I want to encourage you to do is when you spot an upper limit, uh, you spot yourself in one of these behaviors, worry, blame, criticism, getting sick or hurt, um, deflecting compliments, squabbling, things like that. When you find yourself in one of those behaviors, I want you to stop and say, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that I'm, that I am, you know, picking a fight with my husband today. Isn't that interesting that I find myself in this attitude of blame or criticism and to stop it, stop it and be inquisitive around what is it that is, that is trying to like, what's trying to come to fruition in my life. What's the positive opportunity that is presenting itself, um, that I need to be focused on. And this is just a distraction from that. It's an upper limit. So you can learn a lot more with a spirit of wonder and enjoyment than you can with an attitude of criticism, right? So make a list of your upper limit behaviors. Here are some of the most common ones. So just a quick recap, worrying, blame and criticism, getting sick or hurt, squabbling or picking a fight with somebody. Um, an another few that he lists here are hiding significant feelings like where you're just putting on a happy face and you, and things are not okay. Like you're trying to protect someone else's feelings, right? Not keeping agreements, not doing what you say you will do, not speaking significant truths to the relevant people. Um, so if you're mad at someone going and telling someone else instead of that someone is an indicator of an upper limit problem. And then of course, deflecting. So brushing off compliments is a really good example of deflecting. When you notice yourself doing one of the things on your upper limit list, such as worrying or failing to communicate some truth, shift your attention to the real issue, expanding your capacity for abundance, love, and success. Consciously let yourself make more room in your awareness for abundance, love, and success. Use the resources of your whole being, not just your mind. So for example, feel more love in your chest and your heart area, savor the body feeling as well as the mental satisfaction of success and abundance. Embrace a new story that tells about your adventures in your zone of genius. So make up a story about that shows you enjoying your life in the full radiance of your expressed potential. Oh, I love this. I love this. So this is my, this is my challenge to you this week. I want you to make a commitment of keeping that attitude of curiosity and joy while you're learning about your upper limit behaviors. So say that sentence in your mind. I commit to discovering my upper limit behaviors and to having a good time while I'm learning about them. So when you notice yourself doing the things that you are becoming aware is an upper limit behavior, shift your attention to the real issue expanding your capacity for abundance, love, and success. Oh, this is such good stuff. This is why I'm such a fan of this book. Just as a reminder, it's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. You can order it on Amazon. Um, so if you want to gain more clarity in your life and business, then I want to invite you to join me for a free workshop that's just for women entrepreneurs on how to build your personal clarity, 
confidence and make powerful connections so that you can increase your income, live your best life and inspire others to do the same. You can register for free for my workshop on andreaingstrom.com. And if something on the show today resonated with you, would you just let me know by giving me a review on the podcast? Give me thumbs up or as many stars as you think I deserve. And if you are a woman entrepreneur, I want you to join my Facebook group, Bold Women in Business Sisterhood, where I share strategies for clarity, confidence, and powerful connections so you can build the business and the life that you deserve. Till next time, I'm Andrea Ingstrom, encouraging you to take action on your dreams. You are the one who makes your dreams come true. So show up to your life with power and authenticity. Be bold, be tenacious, and make it happen.